This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And good morning, everybody. We are taking your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. We are here until 11 o'clock. Of course, training camps are now open. Seahawks are going to practice this afternoon, their third practice. I don't know if it's padded or not padded. I know the first two practices were not padded. I mean, this one may or may not be, but uh, they did not practice yesterday. So uh, important day to continue to uh, see if they can get closer to a deal with Jamal Adams. Uh, also see where they're going to stand with Dwayne Brown. And, of course, uh, lots of news bouncing in the NFL. So let's start it off here. And, of course, 9.30, Gary Hill will be joining us in the Mariners. And then, of course, uh, we'll talk to Dave Grosby at 10.30. So give us a call at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's get started with headlines. Well, the Mariners get a 9-5 to victory over the uh, Texas Rangers last night. And uh, good hitting. Uh, I know that uh, you know, Gilbert was a little bit, uh, a little bit off. I mean, he only gave up four runs in about five innings, but pitched well in the first four innings or so. Did well there, but in the end, you know, they got enough hitting. And of course, uh, Abraham Toro continues after being, you know, the, one of those criticized trades probably in Mariners history to do well when he had a three-run streak. A three-game streak where he hit home runs and for the Mariners, and then he came back and last night had three hits. He did well. Uh, no additional trades. Castillo did come in for the first time uh, as a reliever. He didn't get the save because it was a four-run game at that point. Uh, gave up a run, but still uh, looks like he's got you know good fastball and everything else, and looks like he's a good reliever. They have three extra years of control of him with arbitration. So uh, Mariners now. Uh, what seven games over 500? That's looking good. Series is going to continue today uh, as they continue down in Texas. In the meantime, in the National Football League, uh, the big news the Seahawks have to follow right now is what's going on with Carson Wentz. Wentz ended up having something pop in his foot, and so now he's getting checked to see if he's going to need some uh, foot surgery. And if he's going to need foot surgery, there's a decent chance he may miss that opener against the Seahawks. And if that's the case, right now all they have is Jacob Eason as the quarterback going in, and this could be a significant advantage for the Seahawks to get off to a 1-0 start. It's a road game against Indianapolis. Justin Houston, defensive end formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, just reached a one-year $4 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. And so that deal is in the books right now. And those are our headlines. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to JB in Renton. Hey, JB. Hey, Mr. Clayton. How are we doing this fine? Hanging, hanging in there. Hanging in that there. That is good, good. Yeah, you know, what a bad kick for Carson Wentz. Yeah. And um, the Colts. And uh, the Colts. Oh, yes. Now, did they keep Jacoby Brissett on the roster? No. He's in Miami. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, so that, Well, I mean, you know, the Colts were putting their bank on it. That they probably that Frank Wright and him could probably work good like they did in Philadelphia and get things right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, the Goosefield foot specialist. They're just hoping the best for him. Yeah, you know? you kind of get the feeling he's probably going to need some surgery, and you know, if that's going to be the case, I mean, it's not like he's going to miss a season or something like that. It's not a serious injury, but it's one that's going to affect the start of the season and you know put them off to a slow start. Yeah, definitely will. It'll throw you back, especially mm-hmm. when you when you. When your quarterback goes down like that, that is just a situation that 
Man, you can't. Uh, well, and, you know, what, what are they trying to right now, Mr. Clay? What's that again? Situation? Where, where are they going to turn to with the situation going on like this? I don't know if they uh, make a trade for Nick Foles. I mean, he worked with uh, Frank Reich back in Philadelphia. Frank, I mean, he's on an $8 million mm-hmm. a year contract. That could be a possibility. But, uh, yeah, they're they're in deep trouble. Yeah, that is bad. That is a bad situation. Basically, uh, with, with the Dolphins, I know yeah. Howard wants to get paid, and he's using Jones as an analogy to get him paid. Now, Jones says no hard feelings, but – do you think the Dolphins are going to pay Howard right no, now? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's too early in his yeah. contract. I mean, he's one of the highest-paid yeah. cornerbacks in the league. So they reach out to get a cornerback, and it cost them $16.5 million to get uh, Byron Jones. And here's Xavier mm-hmm. Howard. is like, oh, well, I'm upset about this because now I'm the second-highest-paid cornerback on the team. I mean, how selfish is that? Very selfish. Very selfish. That's looking out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's looking, I mean, looking, just, looking out for yourself and not looking out for the team. I mean, the team paid him. They did. You know, I it just, you know, I, I guess when you start to compare your check to someone else's check, a performance to someone else's performance, you start to take away from yourself. Mm-hmm. To me, in my opinion, I think I think you need to focus on what's what's going on. People recognize your game; they're going to pay you, right? You know, that, that, that's without a doubt. They, I mean, he's one of the better, better corners running around right now, and I agree with that. But they're going to pay him eventually. Yeah. He just needs to just relax and not compare his salary to, to, to Devon Jones. I know that that is, that is kind of awkward to be out there and somebody using you as an analogy to get paid. Yeah, because if, you're, mean, if you're the Dolphins, <coughs> and let's say that – you give him more money. Now everybody in the team, it's like, oh, you just signed this guy. I want more money. I mean, you set a bad precedent. I mean, you, it's a yes. team killer. Yes, it is. It definitely is. You, you, you can't. There's no other way around it. Uh, hey, Bill Belichick naming Cam Newton a starter, Mr. Clayton. Is that too early in the game, or is that how he feels right now? But, no, what, what's that again? He, you say he's... B- B- Bill Belichick. He just say Cam Newton is our starter. Yeah, I would say. I mean, again, he's got, he's got more experience. I mean, Mac Jones mm-hmm. is, has a chance to compete. He's a bright quarterback. He's picking up everything very quickly. But, uh, you know, in the end, I think you want to go uh, with the veteran because when you pick, you spent two, uh, so much money, $11 million for Nelson Aguilar, $12.5 million for two tight ends. You paid $5 million for Kendrick Bourne. I mean, you paid a lot of money to fix up the offense. And so it's like, uh, you know, go with the more experienced guy and say what you want. I know he played terrible last year, uh, except for except for the Seahawks game. But, you know, he's still mm-hmm. an established quarterback. And I think you want to at least start the season off like that. And then if you need to make a change, you need to make a change. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. I mean, you know, they, they, they did start off with some... I think also they they didn't have a real good uh, core of players around him on the offensive side as far as offensive uh, weapons were concerned with the wide receivers, tight ends. You know, they ran the ball well, you know, but do you look at it that way with, with the Patriots last year? Well, that's three, that's, that's, three, that's three years in a row. I mean, for example, yeah. they didn't they had the same thing around uh, Tom Brady. With Tom Brady. Yeah, and so it's like and Tom Brady ends up leaving and ends up going down to Tampa, and it's the most talented uh, pass-catching core he's ever been around. I mean, it's the most talented yeah. skill position team he's been with. 
And, uh, you know, you didn't take care of Tom Brady. You didn't take care of Cam Newton. Now you did it this year, but you know, it, it, it was terrible last year. I mean, yes, two, two, two rookie tight ends. I still go back to two years ago. You know, here's Jacob Hollister out here in <clears> Seattle. <throat> he catches like about 41 passes, and he had more passes in his catch ratio than uh, the entire tight end group for the Patriots that year. That should tell you a lot. And yeah. then they, they, they traded Jacob Hollister to the Seahawks. They, they traded they Jacob Hollister to the Seahawks. He started out yeah. on the practice squad, and he still ended up catching more passes than the combined total of the tight ends on that team. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. That's awful, Mr. Clayton. That's not good. I'm just laughing, but that, that is awful. I mean, you know, and, you, know and you, you brought something up a while back to me about Bill Belichick about his, I think his draft picks or something like, like yeah. So many of them don't make his team, as far as that's concerned. What does what that? I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a damn good coach. Yeah. But what does that say about his personnel picking? Well, I mean, again, he's obviously uh, you know won what seven Super Bowls or so. It's like so. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so there's something there. But like he's terrible at picking wide receivers. He's great at picking, you know, role players and defensive players and stuff like that. He's okay at picking yeah. running backs and offensive linemen, but wide receivers, there's a big void. He just doesn't do it well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know, we'll find out this year. I mean, they opened up the bank this year. They got a lot yeah. of players they brought in in free agency. You know, they're feeling optimistic about it. You know, well, let's see how they look when they come when they come out this year. Yeah, and, and see how long of a leash you'll have with Cam Newton this year, especially you know, if he starts to have any problems with turning over the ball. Uh-huh. You know, you got to see how that goes as far as that's concerned. What, what do you think about, about, you know, that Prescott, they see a little shoulder strain. Is that just something, a little formality for being up? Yeah, probably, right but again, it's it's got to be a little bit of a concern, not a big one, but a little bit of a concern because uh, you know he had the shoulder problem last year, and now he has a shoulder, you know, a little a slight sprain and all that stuff, and so you kind of wonder is he going to be going through stuff all season long, and that can happen. Uh, I, I still think he's okay. I mean, I think he was you know doing some things in practice yesterday, so that was somewhat encouraging. But yeah, in the end, I think there's got to be some concerns. Yeah, it, 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 yes, yes, right now, especially, you know, with the way that they're they're set up right now yeah. and and doing things right now, he he is an intricate part of what Dallas needs to get done to get him over the top. Uh-huh. It definitely is a problem. Speak, let's stay in Texas. Right quickly, Houston, Deshaun Watson, he reported mm-hmm. to camp and all that. Are they, yeah. are they serious, Mr. Clayton, about getting rid of him, or are they just pulling out of him? I, I think they're serious about getting rid of him because you know what he's doing in practice? Nothing. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, so, you know, he, he's, he's the starting quarterback on the team, and what he does is he stands in in some, uh, uh, some drills as a safety. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why so so, here, so here, here's your $39 million quarterback, and all he's doing is just kind of being a stand-in at safety. That's what he's done for the first three days of practice. So Tyrod Taylor is taking the majority yeah. of the first. Yeah, game. Tyrod Taylor is right now the starting quarterback, and so uh, here's thirty-nine million dollar Deshaun Watson, and he's doing hardly anything. If you're a GM right now in the NFL, would you take Deshaun Watson? Mm, yeah, I mean, you're going to have him for at least a year, you know, because I think right now 
the commissioner is not going to put them on the exempt list this year. I'd certainly be concerned about the 22 lawsuits. Uh, but uh, he's he's the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the league right now. So uh, I mean I, I don't I I certainly would not pay full price. I try to get him at a little bit of a discount. I'm not giving up three first round picks and uh, you know two high picks or two starters. That's not happening. But it's like uh, yeah I, I I still would consider it. Yeah, because I mean you, you know if you could hold him off and see what happens with these lawsuits and stuff, you got your quarterback. Mm-hmm. A real good quarterback. Yeah, and, and he's young. And he's young. And he's all. And he's got. And he's got a contract. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. They extended his contract. It's just through the twenty twenty one season. No, his contract. They actually shortened his contract because they eliminated the twenty twenty three season. That's now a, a void, and uh, you know they got some provisions in there that could get him out next year in the contract, and I think he's going to be traded next year. But uh, no, it's like I don't, I don't know, I haven't seen the, uh, the details of the revised contract yet. But again, it's you know, it's like he's there's no, there's nothing. He's a free agent in two twenty three. They can't franchise him, so this and next year can be his last too. But I think this is going to be his last year. Hey, would you take a chance on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, he was an MVP last year. Through, yeah, true. Yeah, true. I mean, I it's mean like you know, he's he's the second best quarterback in the league. Yeah, it, you know, if you bring him to a team that's that's ready, that that's prime, just like, kind of like what happened with yeah. Tampa Bay, you could probably get that out of him. Yeah, no, that, no. Was, that would be true. Yeah, hey JB, yeah. thank you for the phone call. All right, Mr. Clayton. We'll talk next Saturday, my friend. All right, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Raider Jim. Jim, how are you? We missed you last week. I know, John. I'm sorry about that. You know, I had a woke up Saturday morning, John, and my face was all puffy and Uh-oh. it had something to do with my tooth. And so I had to go to an emergency dentist and get some care. And boy, I tell you, that's. Oh, that's not good. No, it's kind of a nasty thing, John. And I couldn't see myself talking to you while trying to have these things in my mouth. With yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you feeling better now? Oh yeah, sure. I'm I'm doing much better, and uh, you know, and then went back to my normal dentist because uh, I was away. I was actually on vacation. Mm-hmm. That, and uh, so that's kind of a tough thing to do to find someone that you're not used to working with, and having to do that kind of on the fly. But it all worked out, and uh, and I'm back this week, John. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, John, uh, you know, I'm a bit hot about what happened with the Mariners. I um, I'm really I was just so ecstatic about what they did this past Tuesday night. Yeah. Coming back from seven run deficit to to win that game eleven to eight. And you know, Dusty Baker's a great manager, but I also think Scott Service is a great manager and that was just such a great and you know and and, and, and Kelly and I mean, Danny and Gallant were talking about it the next day that it was a statement win. I believe that. I think that's absolutely spot on. And yet, look what they did, and look what DePoto did. It's the first time I've seen that happen where I just totally disagree with the move that they made for, for Groblin to the enemy, John. I know. The enemy. And I just um, – so, John, you and I talk a lot about relationships. Relationships mm-hmm. matter, and relationships matter in, in the front office, but they also matter on the field. 
And, uh, you know, for instance, everyone's been, look what Aaron Rodgers just did. He said, hey, bring back Randall Cobb. You know, I have a relationship with him. We work well together. Look at this thing that they're talking about with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr back in the college days, John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, these relationships matter to these players. And what I think about this is that I just think it's so unfortunate that, you know, the Mariners as a team right now, or at least before Tuesday, it seems as though they were gelling as a team. And they really had some great chemistry. And when you do something like this with this kind of a move, what does that do for the team chemistry? I just wonder about that one. And two, do they really want to win, John? Well, I mean, say say what you want. It's like I know that uh, Detroit rightfully so should have been criticized as much as possible because, again, you take an 082 uh, (coughs) closer and you trade him to to the best team in the division. That's not good. But then uh, you take a look at the moves that they made. I mean, you say what you want about Abraham Toro, but, I mean, he ended up having a four-game streak uh, where he had home runs in each day. Last night he came up and got three hits, and he looks good. I mean, I know that uh, for three years before this year, I mean, everybody was saying that this guy was going to have a breakout season. And so it's like he's definitely talented. uh, So that's encouraging. And then Castillo was a closer with, like, what, 14 saves down in Tampa, and they were able to pick him up. He's younger. He's under team control for the next three years. And uh, I don't know if he's as good as Kendall Graveman, but certainly he's younger and is going to be around longer than Kendall Graveman. Well, okay. Those are good points but i'm talking over the span of mm-hmm. 20 years john <laughs> and that's a lot to answer for um you know you've got you've got an owner and a conglomerate that he, that he owns the guy's never even been in the game john i mean that says something does does, does ownership mm-hmm. they really want to win and and i think that a lot of fans including myself now are, are scratching their heads going just like vince lombardi once said what the hell is going on out there yeah and and I just I just go God, what is going on? You can't do that. You, you can't. Okay, on paper it, it looks okay, mm-hmm. but but think about the temperament of the team, John. You know, it's an emotional thing. You know, these athletes. Look what happened with Simone Biles. She pulled herself out because of the mental health state that she was in. And a lot of the athletes these days are looking to themselves, seeing where they can get help mentally. When you do something like that to a team, that takes the heart out of a team, John. Well, it certainly did in the two games against uh, Houston because they were just terrible. Now they're fortunate enough that they're able to get a Texas team that's just god-awful and seeing if they can make up the difference and get some wins. Now, you know, it's you know Houston's a better team. But, uh, yeah, I think that certainly the chemistry was really bad after they made that Kendall Graveman trade because you could hear all the off-the-record comments in the locker room. I mean, they were furious. And they questioned, right. and then, they questioned uh, ownership kind of like uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers did the Green Bay Packer management. And I think it's really actually quite refreshing to see some of these athletes come out and speak so forcefully on things that they care about yeah whether it's whether it's politics or nonprofit or something going on in society i thought what aaron Rodgers said when he came back to camp and they had a news conference what a refreshing press conference from an athlete of note uh-huh. i mean he said it the way it was by the way john credit to you you know a lot of people were saying that you know he'd be a traitor or he's not going to play 
you were spot on. You were modulated in your approach. You say, look, he doesn't want to play for them anymore. Or if he does play, it's not going to be good. And all the things that he was saying, you were saying that were spot on about the, 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 the dynamic going on there. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a – but you can see it, it's amazing to think now – how players are able to speak up and in some ways get their uh, get what they want, either try to see if they can get out of a team or you know do it. But it's like it's it's kind of amazing now in this new era where uh, players have a little bit more of a voice in what happens. Well, and I think you saw it happening first in the NBA, uh, and you know those kind of teams are that's um, you can make a bigger impact on an NBA team uh, because of the lack of, you know, there's not as many players. Mm-hmm. But and, and the players that you do have, have you know, are in the public eye a lot more, have a lot more notoriety on a team and the team dynamic. But, uh, you know, certain players want certain coaches and certain, you know, and, and I mean, look, way back in the day when Jordan was playing, frankly, he said, look, Phil Jackson's the man. Bring, bring him back or I'm not playing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and, and then Kobe Bryant said, hey, get Phil Jackson or I'm not playing. You know, and uh, you, you got to hand it to him for that. So that started in the NBA, but it, it's really interesting to see how that's now carried over into at least football, maybe to a lesser extent baseball. Mm-hmm. But it is it is encouraging to see that, John. I, I, I agree with that. It's just how, how far can you take it? And I think it has you have to be careful about that. And, uh, and you know, I'm not too sure whether dictating terms to management is a good thing in the long term. I think that they should take their point of view into account. Right. But all, I also think that they need to do what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. uh, they see things in a different way. And, and by and large, they're making good decisions. But this decision by Depoto, I think, was not a good one at all. No. Hey, uh, Raider Jim, thank you for the phone call. Okay, John, take care. Okay, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Morning, John. Morning, how are you? Good, you? Hanging in there. How was date night? Uh, good. Good. Hey, John, from what I'm gathering, there's quite a few players that haven't been vaccinated. I know. I mean, uh, I mean, you look at the Washington football team and the, even the uh, Indianapolis Colts, they're in that like 60% range, and you look and you see that uh, you know Washington has I think four players on the COVID list. Indy has five players on the COVID list, and overall league wide there's like 65 players on the COVID list. Now some are starting to come off, but uh, most of them are there for positive tests, which means they're probably going to be you know there for 10 days vaccinated and uh yeah it's a bad situation now they're league wide you know because of the pressure being put on by the league they're up to about 90 percent as far as a league wide vaccination but there's a lot of players that haven't been vaccinated so what's going to happen if they refuse to get vaccinated well i mean if there's a if there's an outbreak on a team of unvaccinated players and you're playing a game and you can't play the game then you're going to forfeit and that forfeit means that uh, both teams that were scheduled that week will not get paychecks. That's stupid. I mean, Arizona right now, I mean, they've got nine players That's on the COVID list. Nine. Yeah, they I, have three starting offensive linemen. I've seen a thing on the Steelers. I think I've seen five that weren't no. vaccinated. They don't, they don't, I don't know about vaccinated, but I know that they have... Uh, I mean, not unvaccinated. No, but they, they've not had... I mean, there's six teams right now that have not been on the COVID's list. Uh, Dallas is one. Seattle's another. Pittsburgh's another. So it's like uh, they're in good shape. And now I don't know where they are as far. Uh, they're probably at the ninety percent level. But yeah. uh, you know, it's like. But again, not everybody's vaccinated. Yeah. 
hey, next week, are you going to that Hall of Fame game? I am not, no. Mm. I'm staying in town. Oh, okay. So what's the update in the Steeler camp? Have you heard anything? I mean, ben, you know, Ben's looking good. Uh, other than that, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, they've been reasonably healthy. That's good. Uh, certainly, I think that they like what they see out of Najee Harris, the running back. That's encouraging. You know, too early to d- decide what's going on with the off- offensive line, mainly because, I mean, there's no padded practices so far for them. So you really can't see where they are as an offensive line with, you know, basically five guys at either new starters or at different positions. So it's like that's got to be a little bit scary. Uh, defensively, it looks like uh, they should be in reasonably good shape. I mean, Devin Bush is back on the field. They didn't get Stevie Nel- Stevie N- Steven Nelson back. He ended up signing with Philadelphia. So they could have used him, I think, at the cornerback position. But overall, I think it's a, it's a good start to camp. Mike Tomlin seems to be happy. Last time I talked to you, I asked you if you were going to any camps this year, and you said no. Is that still? You're not still, going to- yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still uh, sorting through now, you know, uh, travel for the season and stuff like that. I mean, I just literally have to start working on it this weekend because it looks like the, I there is the ability to do some travel and do all that stuff. So I'm looking at that right now, but uh, no firm decisions yet. Yeah. Hey, John, I got a question for you. You write for the Washington Post. Do you write for any other papers? Uh, no papers, no, because again, it's like, uh, I work, you know, you, when you write for a paper, you don't, you shouldn't write for anybody, uh, other paper because that's, again, they, 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 they're paying you exclusively. Uh, you know, I, I write, uh, five stories a week for 104.3, the fan in Denver, uh, the sister station of 710. And of course I do a couple of stories here during the week for the, uh, for 710sports.com. Oh, Okay. All right, that's all I wanted to know. Hey, John, you have yourself a good weekend, and take care. Okay, Mike, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to John in Rochester, New York. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. A couple questions for you. Number yeah. one, um, is Seattle's medical staff regarded as uh, – how are they regarded throughout the NFL? Is it good Excellent. medical staff? Or? Very, very good. Very good. I was just curious because it just seems like in recent years um, our draft – like, you know, it seems like a lot of our draft picks are coming in and being hurt right off the bat. And I was wondering if how their, like, medical evaluations of the draft – these were regarded, you know, with like Daryl Taylor, yeah, and now with Estridge, Estridge, and all that. Well, yeah, but Estridge, I mean, he came to camp. I mean, he came to OTAs and was doing fine. Then he suffered a slight toe injury, and so it's mm-hmm. like uh, that just happens. I mean, remember, it's football and it's a very physical game. You know, the Daryl Taylor thing took much longer, but also remember this: it's like, uh, you know, how's the medical staff in last year, 2020? going to evaluate anybody when you can't see anybody because remember i mean there was the the pandemic was going on uh players weren't allowed to come in to uh uh to you know get medical checks uh the medical checks you know there there was just none and so it's like you know he gets that uh surgery with the rod put in uh at the at the in january and uh you know you you're not able to until you draft him you you don't know how he's going to be 
So it's like, uh, I mean, how can they take criticism or any staff take criticism for injured guys last year when you had no ability to see them? That's true. And another question I had for you was regarding, um, does Seattle have any timetable um, as far as, I was wondering the Super Bowl team, how soon they them guys could start getting into the Ring of Honor, like uh, maybe Cam Chancellor? Mm, I mean, they, I don't know. It's like, uh, I don't know if they want to wait three, four years. There's no official timetable, but whenever they start to do it, they do it. And, you know, it's obviously there's going to be a big backup from the Legion of Boom team in 2013 and all that different stuff. So, uh, but there's no timetable. That's really curious. And one more fun question for you, because you're a Steelers guy also. Yeah. Is there any reason that the Steelers don't have a decal on both sides of the helmet? Is there a reason the team has, or is it just the way it was? Just the way it was. I mean, it's like uh, you know, the, that, that's something that they've had for the franchise for the longest time. They like it on one side, not the other, and uh, you know they haven't changed on that. And there's no reason to change. It's like uh, you know why. Uh, and again, he's like, I'm not big on helmet uh, uniforms, things of that nature. But it's like uh, that's just the style that they've had for the longest time. Oh, I was just curious as if there was some sort of reason like that had to do with the city or something. No, not but, at all. No. Okay. Okay, thanks, John. I thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Irish Mankey. Hello, Mr. Clayton. How's it going? It's going fabulous. You know, just a quick, you know, this is the era of uh, cancel culture. So, I don't know, Pittsburgh might be in trouble not having that decal on both sides of the helmet. Uh, I think they'll be okay. I know, but I'm just saying. And, And also, you know, we talked briefly last week, and you've gotten into it this week. The changing of the concept of team. Team is now spelled T-E-I-A-M. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, it seems to be spreading everywhere uh-huh. in all sports. Yeah, I would agree. You know. I mean, and really, it's funny because obviously the NFL is the biggest sport, right? And it kind of dictates what should be going on. But so much from the NBA is bleeding into all the other sports. And I'll give you a couple examples. I mean, it's like, okay, if LeBron doesn't like this, uh, he asks for that, and they have to go get it. Okay, if not, he's not going to be there. More players in the NBA speak out and say, I don't want to be here, and they get rid of him, and they honor those wishes. And then also, uh, you look at uh, the quarterbacks taken in the first round of NFL drafts, and because of the... uh, transfer uh, ability the ability to transfer you know and go to different teams and all that stuff most of them only have like one or two years and so they're kind of like nba players who are one and done so there's a lot of things going on i think you know eked on by the nba that the nfl's getting and other sports are getting too i i just don't know how good spelling team with an i is in football but let's move on yes so ACC. Now, that would be a good place for Notre Dame. No, well, they're always there, Mr. Clayton. Uh-huh. They've got a contract signed with the ACC through 2036. They are in a conference the way Notre Dame wants to be in it. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they can only, they cannot join any, the football program by contract with the ACC cannot join any other conference. Mm-hmm. So they're not going anywhere. They, they, they're going to keep that contract. And also now, uh, 
Part, you know, NBC has a contract through 2025 with the Irish. Yeah. They're paying them $15 million a year, uh, a, ga- uh, uh, a year for the game. Yeah, yeah. You know... 15, I, $15 million a year for the games? That doesn't seem like a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, you know, it's a million, a little over a million per game. Yes, that's... And, and, and the value is not so much in the cash. As it is in the marketing and exposure, Mr. Clayton. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who else? Who else in the NCAA? Alabama doesn't have their own network. No. Nobody does, but the Irish. It, it's it, it, it's 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 more value than just the dollars, Mr. Clayton. Uh-huh. No doubt about it. So um, the last thing here was that. Um, football is coming, Mr. Clayton. Well, football's here. Train, well, training know, camps opened up. Technically, the, the, when the whistle blows, yeah. the ball's kicked in the air. That's then it's football, Mister. Right, right, right. You know, but uh, Notre Dame's schedule this year. Uh, they just to show you how re- well respected that that football team is uh, with the opponents they play. Five teams, and these are the big teams. Are, have scheduled themselves to have the week off before the game. Uh-huh. So they're spending two weeks preparing to play Notre Dame. That's not good for the Irish. Well, it is. It, it just shows. Well, how's that good for the Irish if they have the extra are, time to prepare? Opponents considering them. Oh come the on. Game of their schedule. Yeah, but again, it's like uh, that's that's a disadvantage to Notre Dame because uh, now with that extra time, I mean, you get healthier. You get uh, more prep time and all that stuff. That's why, you know, being independent like that and seeing stuff like that happens, you know, now makes you say it's like, okay, just get into a conference where you can't have that happen. They're, they're in a conference. No, they're not. They're independent. Last, remember? Yeah, that's right. But with a conference affiliation. Yeah, but that's not that's not being in a conference. And again, year. stuff stuff like that pretty much can't happen if you're going to be in a conference. It, well, there's a lot of things that wouldn't happen if they were foolish to lose their independence, which they're not going to do. For $15 million, that's ridiculous. That, that's not the issue here. It's the point that the exposure they get, the uh-huh. fact that they can go into a recruit's home and say, every Saturday you're on NBC. Mm-hmm. You know, where where you, you get this, you, no other school in, in in NCAA can say that, Mr. Clayton. Yeah, they can't. They, you know, you get you you have to. If you're lucky, like in Alabama, you you might get you might be on all the time. But you know, in conferences, they they've got to play all. The, they've got to show all the different teams. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell a recruit that hey, you're on every Saturday with us. But you might be on once, maybe twice in the year. So who do you want to go play for? So you're, you're saying that uh, you know Alabama, you're only going to see one or two times a year on TV. Come on. No, no, no. I didn't say that. No, yeah, I, they, yeah. they, they come closest to, to matching Notre Dame as yeah. far as uh, visibility. But the, the fact is, nobody's on the air more than the Irish. Yeah, but and again, if they go into the ACC, don't you think... That the ACC is going to have them on, you know, just about every week. No. Oh yes. No. As a matter of fact, and like I said, they are on the ACC. Yeah. And they do play five teams in the ACC every year, 
and and uh, if it's not for the Notre Dame TV deal, they mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be on all yeah. the time because of the the fact that the the ACC or any conference has to probably show every team in their conference mm-hmm. as part of their contract with them. You can't you can't exclude the bottom rung of any conference teams and say, well, we'd, we'd like to put you on TV, but you're just not you're not you're not big enough. Yeah. Well, so, uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. Yes. It's all beautiful, Mr. Clayton. Okay. And I hope you and Mrs. Clayton are staying cool. Uh, uh, I know you have to be in, in the man cave, so you better dress warm. Yeah, I've already got a blanket around my neck, so it's like... Uh, <laughs> hey, would you like a Notre Dame ski cap, Mr. Clayton? No, absolutely not. Oh, come on, Mr. Clayton. No, I do not. I would not. I don't wear ski caps. Oh, okay, well. Okay, all thank right, you. Mr. Clayton, you have a great day, and you and Mrs. Clayton... Have a wonderful weekend. Okay, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Rick. Hey, Rick, how are you? Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, I wanted to speak on the Mariner trade. Yeah. Um, you know that phrase that they come up with, there's no crying in baseball? Uh-huh. Come on, people, grow up. Trades happen all the time. Heck, Babe Ruth got traded. Um, you know, so, Brayman, he was a, a, a great team player and he was having a great season. Uh, 0.8-something. Uh, hey, 0.82, average. yeah, 0.82. But, uh, you know, nobody has a career mark of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you trade high to get the maximum. And uh, and the guy they got, Toro, he's got a he's had a pretty good start. I haven't seen him play third base defensively yet, but he's actually going to be penciled in as a third baseman for Seager. Mm-hmm. Now there was a Mariner executive got fired for saying stuff like Seager is the most uh, overpaid player on the team. Right. Uh, Kelnick is not going to be brought up right away. We're going to keep him down another year so we can keep control of him. Nobody argued that what he was saying wasn't true is the fact that he said it. And uh, he offended a lot of people. But Seeger is actually, uh, he, he, the guy can barely hit his weight, man. He's been doing that for a number of years. He's good defensively, but usually at third base and first base, you got to have guys that can, can hit. And uh, the, the guy, um, Toro, uh, uh, Toro, I mean, he's, uh, he, he's off to a good start. Um, now the uh, reliever, Santiago, he looked pretty good last night. He's a hard thrower and he's younger. They're going to have control of him. It's team building. I mean, guys come and go. I mean, I don't know how, how many of you guys are in the military. Sometimes, you, you know, you make good friends, you lose friends. Guys get transfers or, you know, you lose them in action or whatever. But, um, you know, it's just a part of baseball. I mean, I, I, my knee-jerk reaction, like, what are they doing? And then I, I took time and uh, a day or two, and I realized, hey, that was actually a good move. Uh-huh. And uh, credit goes to the GM uh, for, for looking out. Sometimes you got to take the heat. Yeah, because, again, what you can see is that it can't – I mean, the reason they had to announce it then and do it then is that so they can dump uh, Montero uh, and how bad he was because they wanted – the uh, Texans wanted him for whatever stupid reason. And, oh, yeah. And, but again, it's like, uh, and Monday was the deadline because he was designated for assignment. Yeah, they were going to cut him anyway, so you know. Well, he, he was already he was already he was already cut. Yeah, basically, yeah. But, but designated uh, for assignment, yeah. 
Yeah, and so it's like, okay, so they had to do it then. I don't like the idea that they sent him to uh, the best uh, team in the division, a division rival. That isn't good. But when you look at now all of a sudden, the team gets a good young infielder who, you know, the last three years hasn't been able to at least get that breakout season, but maybe he's starting to get a little bit of it right now because, again, he's been hot since coming over in that trade. And then, of course, in uh, Castillo, I mean, they get a reliever who is a, a closer for Tampa Bay. Yep. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, – and he's young. And so and it's like – Last a, night, Kelnick got two hits. Yeah. One of them a home run. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little time for these guys to find their niche. Mm-hmm. To, to get get their smoothie. I mean, they got the talent. They just need to relax and let their natural ability take over. Right. And again, this, I mean, this, 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 this team, this, this team it'd be nice if it can make the playoffs this year. It would right. be nice. But again, this is not the year that they're going to uh, keep. I mean, this is still a rebuilding team. Right, you guys worrying about how the paint and the shutters look. Mm-hmm. You got to put your foundation in, baby. I mean, if you don't have a solid foundation, the house is going to fall over. Exactly, and that's what the, and that's what the GM is trying to do. Yeah, uh, transitioning to the Seahawks, um, I do like hearing that uh, Taylor's looking good. Yeah, uh, I saw Penny on the news last night. He looks quick. Yeah, uh, I've said for years he looked top heavy. I mean, he's kind of built like a horse, really big upstairs and a little spindly legs. Mm-hmm. So he needed to lose some of that, some of that weight and lean out a little bit. Yeah, he's now uh, he, where he is right now is his lightest weight since high school. Yeah, two twenty-three. I mean, he needed to do. Some people, some running backs think being big uh, is being good. Uh, you need to be quick. Uh-huh. You don't need to take those hits on directly. Um, even if you get hit, you want them to be glancing blows where you can use your balance and keep getting up. Um, but um, but I think the Seahawks are off. I was disappointed to hear about their wide receiver having a uh, a turf toe, but that kind of thing happens. Uh, cream rise to the top, but um, so far so good as far as the Hawks. But uh, I just wanted to call in and sound a little about the Mariners because yeah. uh, my wife um, and uh, and the grandkids and the rest of the family they they love this team. They go there all the time, uh, and um, they're just excited with the comebacks and uh, the friendliness of the players. And um, definitely a great start, um, you know, for this new team that we're building. Yeah. Hey, you have a nice day. Okay, thanks. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.